Welcome to The Wave, where we discuss the wave of AI adoption as it happens with some of the industry's leading experts. Like, subscribe, and share to join the discussion about the future of AI. In this episode, Joel and Patrick discuss business and AI. We're seeing more and more business-centric AI products and businesses cropping up week by week. In an ever-changing business world filled with legal, privacy, and regulatory concerns, how can leaders ensure the AI products they license are created and used in an ethical manner? Listen in. Hey, Joel. How you doing, man? It has been a while since we've recorded just you and I. We've done a few episodes with um, a larger group. And I guess the audience, the, the listeners, they wouldn't realize that there's been two or three weeks since we recorded a solo episode, but you and I do. So it's great to have you back. And I'm really excited to talk today about AI ethics in business. Absolutely. This is ethics in, in business is something that uh, as entrepreneurs and uh, creators, we, we want to focus on as much as we want to focus on our diet for high-level sports, but uh, nevertheless, an important topic, and I look forward to it. Absolutely. We were just talking before we started hitting, uh, before we started recording about all of the new AI products made for um, consumers, made for business, um, whether they are free or freemium or premium or enterprise level, and it feels like they're just popping up week after week, and there's a litany of um, you know, articles about it. There's a lot of talk on Twitter about it, um, all the different blogs and email newsletters. Everybody's talking about AI and business. And in this ever-changing world where we're filled with legal and regulatory considerations, we're concerned about privacy, we're concerned about the application of AI, um, I'm really interested today to talk about what that means in the enterprise and in, in the business when it comes to applying AI, whether it's for the first time in your organization or whether it's that you're refining your AI strategy and um, implementing additional or new tools as they are developed. So I figured today we could talk about that. Um, we can talk about ethical concerns and considerations. We could talk about uh, data privacy and security and um, kind of go where, where the conversation takes us. Um, why don't you kick us off? What, what are you thinking today about AI in business? Well, first of all, as I think it's an extremely important topic to think about not only the functionality, what it can do, the visionary aspect of AI, but also in reality, what, what risks, what challenges uh, come with these opportunities. And Obviously, we want to make sure as businesses that we do the right thing for our employees, for our customers, and for society and the environment as a whole. And it's very important to consider various aspects of AI. Uh, it's When we talk about ethical AI, what does it mean? It simply means to apply AI in an ethical way to avoid harm to uh, people, to society, to the environment, or to so certain social groups. Uh, this is um, uh, nothing different than ethical rules that are in place now for other reasons. When we talk about uh, ethics, 
there are different areas of ethics. There's uh, three areas. Privacy is one. Biases is another one. And the unexplainable output is a very special one for AI. So uh, I'll, I'll talk about what that means uh, for, for a second, the unexplainable yeah. output. If you think about it, if you have a trusted advisor, uh, let's say a large consulting firm or maybe a personality that consults for your business, and they say something with a lot of authority, something that sounds extremely good, and you know that they have their credentials, that they've been there, done that, and so you are very, very likely to be wanting to take those advices and trust them and implement it in, in, in your business. Now, the way these, uh, this advice or inputs or coaching tips may come is it can be traced back to experiences, skills, and knowledge. And with AI, it's no different. Everything that AI is producing as an output has to be tied into something tangible. Now imagine if you have something, somebody with a very good reputation that starts to share uh, advices that are not uh, based on these principles, then there's a huge risk for a business to make decisions that are uh, completely wrong and that uh, it will take a long time until it's even discovered that the advice and the input was wrong. And so that's what we talk about with explainable AI. Every decisions and output that AI produces has to be based on, um, on knowledge, on information, on experiences, and on skills. So when we talk about, to that point, when we talk about AI, we often think about the black box of AI or the clear box of AI. And what I'm hearing here is part of applying AI in an ethical manner is ensuring that um, you're not employing black box AI, um, and instead you're applying clear box AI. And let me define what those mean. So the black box is when you're unable to see where the data comes from, when you're unable to see how the AI works, and when you're unable to kind of look and trace back um, how the AI generated the output, whether that's a content generation, whether that is um, a computation, or whether that's content extraction or document processing or anything like that. Conversely, so we've got the clear box, and that's where it is, in fact, observable, it is traceable, and it is explainable. In other words, you can clearly see with full transparency. And so, Joel, what, what I'm hearing you say there is when applying AI in business, you have to really consider the AI product or platform or model that you're using and how that will interact with your data, your customer's data, and how it will provide an output that is um, done, is created in a way that is fully transparent. Absolutely. That's, that's really critical. And bringing it back to your early comment of AI solutions and products are surfacing everywhere in our world today, in the world of enterprise, we know that there aren't every single company that pro produce an AI product, they don't all develop it from scratch. They take open source models, they take existing 
capabilities, they repackage them, and those models have been trained with data. And data is the source of functionality and all of the, the, the exciting and impressive uh, capabilities of an AI solution. They're also often the source of all the challenges and problems with, uh, with privacy, biases, uh, and, uh, and unexplainable AI. So with that in mind, uh, we need to think about when a solution is being uh, adopted, how to know where what model's been used, what uh, data has been used, and what potential exposure do we have to more or less uh, ethical AI practices. Uh, this is very similar to if you have a restaurant in the food industry and you want to make sure that you, you, there's an ethical responsibility for, an, for a restaurant to not harm their customers. So where do you take your ingredients and, uh, and, and uh, supplies uh, for, for that restaurant is absolutely critical. And so that's why there's a, a sourcing where it comes from the origin. They check the quality of the providers. And uh, this is where in AI we're not there yet. We have a long way to go in that area, but this is where enterprise need to start. What are some of the steps that we get or that we need to take, excuse me, to get to that position where um, we have, we'll call it regulation or we have oversight into how AI is applied? So the first um, uh, the, the first step is to establish some some standards and regulation, and the reason is unfortunately, as uh, engineers and, uh, and entrepreneurs, we are always looking at what we can create, what we can do that is completely new, breaking barriers, and as we break those barriers, uh, the the um, the challenges that come with uh, security and ethics is, I don't want to say it takes a backseat. No, nobody that I know is, is, is setting out to, to build an unethical companies, although we, we know, unfortunately, that happens. But for the most majority, the intentions are, are, are there. The problem is only in terms of uh, incentives. As business owners, uh, there's a strong incentive in having a business that is successful. Uh, and then if you look at the academic world, there's going to be some, uh, some professors in, in universities that want to make sure that AI deployment is, is adhering certain ethical standards and, uh, and, and, and take care of longer-term impact on, on society. So unless we put standards in place, it's very difficult for, you know, un, un, um, uh, for, for humans with very strong incentives uh, to do the right thing every single day. And so anything that we postpone uh, by a day, by a week, by a year becomes not good enough in terms of, of that ethical. So I think that having those guidelines uh, is, is extremely important. And we have some examples in the industry. Uh, this is not new to AI. This is, uh, this is the case with any technology. Uh, healthcare industry, for example, there's a very, very strong uh, regulations around privacy, and that's uh, extremely important. So there's a lot to learn from industries that have been there and uh, and solved that problem before. That makes a lot of sense, and I think one of the 
points that you made right there um, about privacy in healthcare is uh, an interesting one that we can apply into customer data or private data within an organization. How does AI ensure, or how does an organization perhaps ensure that the AI that is being used holds the data in a private and a secure manner so that there is less risk of data leak, so that there's less risk of personally identifiable customer or employee information being lost, and so on. Um, what do we need to do around that? How can an organization ensure that they're applying AI um, with privacy measures in place? So the first, uh, the first thing is to really carefully choose the vendors that uh, uh, are available to deploy AI solutions in the enterprise. Uh, there are historically consultants that provide the, a, a good level of, uh, of, of, I would say, a defense against these issues because they, they come in and look at the proprietary data of the enterprise and build AI solutions on top, on top of those data. And with that, there's a, there's a strong, uh, there, there's obviously almost no possibilities of, of any data leak. So for the privacy aspect, and we will talk about the other aspects of, of ethics, but for the privacy aspect, this is a, this is a strong, uh, this is one extreme, I would say, of, of what can be done. However, we know that these solutions are extremely expensive. Uh, they tend to be extremely focused on specific use cases and they don't scale. So there's a need for uh, more generic platforms and more generic platforms can, can leverage uh, the work of uh, companies such as uh, OpenAI and uh, the open source community that create incredible models with uh, uh, very, very good uh, data sets. And so in order to do that, you need, as an enterprise uh, leader, there's a need to talk to uh, the vendors and ask the right questions about where the data is, is coming from, what, um, what aspects of outside trained models are being used in their specific solution so that they can assess the, the, the risk. And I'll give an example. Large language models, they, they have to be trained on a huge amount of information. And if you only train a large language model based on one enterprise data, it's going to be extremely low fidelity. So the compromise is to take a large language model that has been trained with pretty much the entire uh, uh, internet, of course, curated data from the internet. Uh, but then from there, to leverage that power of generating sentences and language, but applying the actual content of these sentences to be fed with very controlled data sources. It makes a lot of sense. There's, there's always a compromise um, in producing something that is as scalable as AI is scalable or any technology solution or any, I suppose, any type of um, 
any type of model, any type of um, operating procedure within an organization, you have to have that give and take, that ebb and flow, right? And the compromise in order to get where you need to go. And so I totally understand that. Now, you'd mentioned um, privacy is one component of ethics in AI. What are some of the others? So a big one is uh, biases. Uh, and uh, biases is a is is a tough one because it's even difficult to define what a bias is. I mean, the the, the theoretical definition is pretty clear, but what does it mean in everyday uh, everyday life? So, for example, if I want to use AI to decide if an investment is interesting or not, or risky or not. Um, I'm if if that if if that takes into consideration a certain number of parameters, including location in the world. Maybe that's a real parameter. Maybe there are data to support the fact that in certain parts of the world investments are more or less risky. But then, as soon as I make that decision, I have a bias in terms of a location in the world. So it's a it's a very complex moral uh, problem. But the, the so the, the the key though, if we bring it back to the basics, is we want to make sure that bias decisions uh, are are avoided as much as possible. And if we bring back bring it back to the medical field, if the population of uh, the, the data repre represents only a subset of the population. That means that, uh, for example, for certain pathology recognition using AI, it's going to be not accurate for everybody in the population. Uh, there is obviously a, a, a lot has been uh, proven in the difference between uh, uh, man and woman in terms of the, the available amount of data and, and therefore there are different risk factors and different diagnoses that need to be, um, uh, need, need to be applied. And so one, one size doesn't fit all. And so as soon as we apply one data set, one technology to multiple areas of the population, that's where we, we come up with, with biases. So a good place to start is to make sure that Anything that has to do with decision making is to do the best we can to have a data set that is that doesn't have any inherent bias. What's really interesting about that point is when we think about filtering, I suppose is one way to consider it, filtering the data to ensure it is as unbiased as possible. That provides the most democratic response and output possible. And on the opposite side, as soon as you start to add um, parameters around it, in your example, um, place in the world, that kind of pins the output or the response based on the parameter that you put in place, which that has to happen, right? Like in a, in a business context, um, you have to be as specific and you have to be as precise as possible in order to ensure the, the, the best output and the most accurate response. So coming right back to your, your kind of point there, your conclusion, ensuring the initial data set is as unbiased as 
um, clear as possible. Is that is that the solution? It's a starting point. It's not the okay. only the only uh, solution. It's also very theoretical and very hard to do. So I think that um, uh, what is extremely important is to have checks and balance. There are a lot of uh, consideration in large organizations. They're all already ethical committees that can review every time there is a, a deployment of new technologies uh, to ensure that it adheres to existing code of conducts and, and ethical rules. Uh, that's, that's a great place to start. So I think that having the combination of putting our best foot forward with the data that we use, uh, if we know from, uh, for example, in, in financial services, uh, credit, uh, credit score and uh, loan application, if data sets are used to evaluate the risk of a, someone to be awarded a credit, and if there's only a certain age uh, category or age, um, you know, uh, an, a certain age being represented in, in the data, then we know that it's going to, to be unfair and biased toward other age categories. So that's a, that's a very simple uh, way where an ethical com committee could say, you've only considered this part of the population and therefore that needs to be extended. It's, so so at, at least we can catch these, these very basic uh, issues that maybe from a technology perspective, keep in mind that people building products, they will have 90% of their energy and focus on functionality and not biases. Uh, keep in mind that folks that deploy uh, these capabilities in enterprise will have the business objectives in mind, number one. And then they will, uh, they will have a lot more emphasis on, on business risks and, and ethics compliance is, is one of them. But there won't be enough focus on this until there's a, a, a third party or a separate team that is going to ensure that these ethics uh, rules are, are in place. Got it. Got it. So it's not it's not a solution. It we're, we're, it's never going to be solved 100%. Uh, it's always going to be evolving, but we want to make sure that we don't get in a situation where it gets so much out of hand that when we realize systems have been deployed in many, many companies, by the time there's um, a, a macro realization of an issue with, with ethics, biases, and privacy issues, uh, a lot of people would have been impacted by then. And of course, we don't want to go down that road. So it's more of a framework that we're talking about here, or a roadmap to ensure the ethical development and I'll call it implementation of AI. There can't be a hard and fast set of rules um, which are programmatic or prescriptive because it evolves so frequently. So is a framework maybe a more appropriate way to frame it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. An ethics framework is, uh, is the way to put it. Got it. So we've talked about biases. We've talked about privacy. Um, what's another component as it relates to the enterprise? So we touched on the unexplainable output of, of the AI. Uh, and so this, this comes into play when AI models are trained with 
certain data sets that are going to produce outputs that are not that have lost its context. That's the simplest way to put it. It's it's unexplainable because it's lost its context. If I if I tell you with no context a sentence that I said 10 years ago that was extremely impactful at the time but without giving you context, you will not understand it. You won't know why I said it. Uh, and it may or may not be relevant to you. So that's the explainability. And so if I can say, oh, no, but wait a minute, I can, I can tell you why I said that sentence. This is because I lived that experience 10 years ago and I had this situation and this is what I said at the time. Then you'll say, okay, I understand. That's explainable. And, and, and I, I can now make a, a decision on whether or not this uh, piece of information is valid because you know where it came from. But if you don't know where it comes from, if you don't have the context, you may either accept it or dismiss it without knowing. And that's the problem with unexplainable uh, AI. In enterprises, uh, there are far more fundamental issues with AI explainability. Uh, and and uh, you know the situation when uh, uh, maybe an employee or even a, an executive in the company has, has done and made certain decisions, and someone that comes from the outside says, you might have a little explaining to do on why you made those decisions and, and, and why maybe you, you approve this project or approve this, this expense. And, and we use those terms, especially, right? Specifically, we say you need to do some explaining. And with AI, it's no different. AI might come up with, uh, with an output over and over again, and at some point, there's going to be a need for an organization to do some auditing because someone might say, this AI output seems biased to me. Uh, and that's just a perception. As human beings, we know that sometimes it is correct perception and sometimes it is not. So to be able to go back into an AI system and being able to know everything that has occurred until that decision has been made is absolutely critical. Now, when we're talking about that, going back and looking at the steps, is that something a human is doing? Or is that something an AI system is doing or a hybrid? It, it can be both. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's important as step one, let's walk before we run, uh, that the human is able to uh, question the AI and be able to check and audit uh, how the AI is making decisions. Uh, but as long as an AI system is completely independent, and it's the same as, it, it's really interesting as we talk through these topics, the, the parallel that there is with, uh, with society and humans in general, it's the exact same concept. You cannot have somebody auditing someone's work if they are not at arm's length. And so the same applies with the AI system. If uh, an AI system has been trained on the same data set, uh, it's not going to be the one to be able to go and check and audit uh, and, and explain why certain decisions have been made. But if it is a completely different data set and, uh, and algorithms and models, then it's going to be uh, also extremely, uh, extremely valuable. And that's, that comes to the, the, the need for not only explain the output, but 
fact-checking the output before it's even being produced. And that, that's how it, AI systems can, can achieve that, is by having multiple ways to come to a conclusion, check all of the steps to get there, compare notes, and then that way most of the unexplainable or hallucination output will be caught and prevented before being produced and provided to the user. So it's, it's similar to training an employee, a human being, to, uh, we'll call it supervise or you know, manage a team. You are not just allowing free reign for any random person to do that, but you're providing them with a framework. You're providing them with education and information and context so that they can go and uh, manage a team or audit a uh, response or something like that. We're doing the same with AI. And the similarity that I'm, uh, I guess, trying to get to here is um, when an organization treats an AI platform as a business system which is interacted with, interacting with humans, instead of replacing humans, we are going to have a much better chance and outcome um, of ensuring that it's, it's producing the most relevant and fact-checked information and it's being deployed and used in an ethical manner. When something is just put out there into the world with no oversight, you can't do that. And when a human to AI interaction rate is is high or is um, you know, uh, relatively connected, that's one of the things that you need to, to employ in a business to ensure ethical utilization. You nailed it. So the same applied with when computers started to be deployed, no one really thought about what security viruses and data privacy might, might look like. But very quickly, people realized that that was a real problem and a security framework and standards in companies have been deployed, which included educating every member of an enterprise. And the same applies with AI. But with AI, in order, I really like the way you put it, if you only have a black box, then you can't educate people with that. So you need to have a framework that supports a much more granular implementation of AI so that the origin of the data, so that the existing infrastructure, decision-making algorithms and models are known and understood and that can be reviewed, audited, and, um, uh, and, and, and monitored as the AI is, is being deployed. And once that is in place, then there is an, an, an ability to educate everyone in saying this is the difference between an AI solution that is approved and, and uh, that is accepted by the organization to meet certain standards, including ethics. And these are applications that are not, or that could, if they can be used, they can only be used for a subset of, uh, of, of, of the, the tasks that can be performed. And so getting this to a level of fine granularity is important to be able to, to um, 
educate everyone. So what are we missing here in this conversation as we begin to wrap it up and kind of wind down on AI ethics in business? What have we not talked about that's an important topic we need to cover? So I think what we need to cover is two things. Is uh, We talked about the framework of ethics, but if an enterprise wants to start uh, in their AI digital transformation journey, then what are the steps, what are the key things to watch for, and uh, what are some of the major risks that are uh, looming already around the corner. And so the first thing is to make sure that there is a very clear vision as to why the enterprise wants to adopt AI. Uh, because there are different reasons. Uh, and, and a company may want to adopt AI simply to become more efficient, to remain competitive, or to disrupt a certain market, or they want to maybe create a new revenue uh, line of revenue. There are many, many different reasons why uh, a leadership, an executive leadership team may want to decide to deploy to go down that, that, that road. The question is not if, the question is when and how. So having that, those decisions made is very important. That needs to be communicated to the entire company so that employees know what they're in for and get their buy-in to start on that journey. The step two is to put a roadmap, a roadmap of capabilities and use cases that will be adopted with, with AI. And this roadmap is critical because it's going to be important to start small and then to expand, not to go big too soon. Because otherwise, all of these elements that we talked about that are often overlooked, ethical, privacy, risk, compliance, uh, will, be, will be causing a lot of friction in, in the AI deployment. And so starting with something small, make sure that all of the aspects are, are um, covered is really critical. And so then, in order to have that roadmap, it's important to engage with vendors that think the same way, that don't just provide one solution and, and that solution will never evolve to support that vision of the company and therefore to engage with those, those vendors that uh, can have a, an AI solution that can scale at a reasonable cost. So that, that's absolutely uh, critical. So that's what I would say is, is really important for companies to, to adopt. So the same way as there is a, a framework for ethics, there's also a framework for digital transformation and change management for AI. That's absolutely fundamental. And one thing that I want to touch on that is a, a little bit more specific as an example, and that, that, that might also uh, take us to, uh, to the end of this, uh, this episode, is when we talk about risks of IP leakage and data leakage in, uh, in enterprises, what do we really mean? Uh, and so I think that at the most basic understanding, what it means is that data from a company that's confidential can be taken by a company that is training AI models and that information is now used to uh, benefit everyone in the world. And so that means this 
specific IP has been used to uh, help competition. That's, that's at its most fundamental. However, what is really, really uh, not talked about very much is IP infringement. A company comes up with IP-specific uh, code implementation or you know, patent-related uh, documentation or white papers, this information becoming used to train a model, what that means is there is somewhere, somehow, that document is being taken, is being labeled, is being added to a, a training um, uh, a, a training uh, capability. And, and so even if you have one sentence or one line of your code base that ends up and being exactly reproduced the way you had it and being added to, let's say, an open source uh, source code base, what happens is automatically you become liable if your code is using that one line from an open source, uh, you, you become liable to actually uh, show or, or, or make available publicly all of your source code base that is, is related to that, that piece of code. So that, that's where there's a, there is a suction effect. There is a, a drafting effect of IP not only being uh, leaked and providing information one time, but could have devastating consequences in uh, especially programming, which is my, my, my expertise. So, uh, so that's something to keep in mind. And that's why as we think about ethics, compliance, security, this is not just the right thing to do. This is also a, a there are a lot of challenges and risks for businesses that could be extremely costly. Seems like the key takeaway there is when you are utilizing a, an AI product, specifically um, some of the freemium products that are available, just open on the web, to be extremely careful about your input and ensure that your input is not um, personally identifiable. It's not IP. It's not anything like that. Um, in other, in other words. Um, ensure that you understand your data in could become somebody's output in the future, or at least mm -hmm. training um, the output from somebody else in the future. Exactly. And so as, as companies choose their, their AI providers, this is, these are capabilities that need to be asked upfront. Are, do you, are you able to sign in the contract that we put together that you will be held responsible if you make my uh, data available to third parties. And uh, this is something that if the vendor can, can take that risk and that risk can be shared, that's a very good start of a very successful relationship. That's what it's all about, is understanding as clearly and as um, concisely as possible at the earliest possible moment if the vendor you're working with or if the AI model or platform that you're looking to utilize or acquire um, is a good fit for you because you don't want to go down the road and realize it way, you know, many steps down the line. You want to know as early as possible so that you can make the best business decision 
and ensure that your outputs in the future and anything that comes down the line after you begin using it is done in a way that clearly benefits you, your organization, and the community at large. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we finalize this this episode, I'm very interested in the topic of um, I'm very interested in the topic of, uh, I guess, explainability, observability, traceability. And I believe we can have an entire episode on that at some point. But um, I'm interested, just one final thought from you, Joel, on um, utilizing AI in, the or- in your organization and um, how to make sure that you're doing it you know, in a way that's both ethically uh, sound as well as you know, business sound. So let's, uh, let's talk about three, three aspects as a, as a takeaway. Number sure. one, having a, an ethical framework to follow. Number two is to make sure that the, uh, the data that is being used is uh, understood where it comes from. And three, having a, an AI digital transformation. It's not a term, but I, I, I'm going to, uh, to say this. The AI digital transformation has a framework and a roadmap. There you have it. Three steps to take. And um, I think they're very important steps. And uh, let's continue the conversation around that because as we have seen over the last three, four months, AI is just blowing up at uh, a rate that is unprecedented. And we're just seeing that volume increase and we're seeing the velocity Uh, increase and get faster and faster by the week. So let's keep talking about this. Let's keep talking about those frameworks and keep this top of mind for everybody who listens here, um, for the community at large, and certainly for those building AI products today. Thank you, Patrick. Really appreciate it. All right, let's do it again soon. Thanks. Thank you.